Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. As we keep progressing in this world, this world will no longer be making sense if you're a believer. And if you understand what I'm saying, um, I'm not just speaking by the Spirit. I'm speaking by the written Word. Because I don't even need to prophesy to say what I just said. Because the Bible says, in Isaiah chapter 60, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. Right? And it says, the next verse says, Behold, darkness will cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. So when you see that scripture saying, Behold, darkness will cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen over you. Now, hear this. As the world keeps progressing, the world will not make sense because darkness will cover the earth. And gross darkness, the people. So, your mindset and the world's mindset can never match. There's a, there's a tremendous attack over the body of Christ and we all know that, right? Something I know is that Jesus said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Right, but I want you to hear this. Um, as things lose sense, spiritual sense, especially, I want you to hold fast in your heart. You must guard your heart with all diligence the ways of Christ. You must guard fast the ways of Christ because okay, let's flip to First Peter chapter 3. Let me show you there. First, or you can start from Second Timothy chapter three first. Let's do Second Timothy chapter three first. Yeah, it says, but know this that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters proud. Use the amplified version please. It says, for people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered. Lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. Proud and arrogant and contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, thus mocking, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. Everything, if I just think about anything bad, <laughs> it's going to happen in the last days. Next verse. They will be without natural human affection. Are, are you seeing what I'm saying here? That even things that are natural, not even spiritual now, will begin to lose sense. You know, um, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truth or appeasement, they will be slanders or slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate, and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. This is not your portion in the name of Jesus. Now they will be treacherous, betrayers, rash, and inflated with self conceit. They will be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than and rather than lovers 
of God. Uh, let's see if there is anything. Uh, it says, For although they hold the form of piety through religion, and I think that this might be the state of the church right now, that, that we might look religious but not spiritual. It's a difference between being religious and being spiritual. Um, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct bellies. Their conduct was that bellies the genuineness of their profession. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people. Turn away from them. Admonishment for UTSP. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Let's see if there is anything in the next verse. For among them are those who warm their way into homes and captivate silly and weak natured and spiritually dwarfed women loaded down with the burden of their sins and easily swayed and led away by various evil desires and seductive impulses. Um, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen over you. Yeah, so, so when the Bible says that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, it is the truth. If you're not in the fear of God, if you're not in the things of God, if you're not in the way, the mindset of Christ, or the mindset of God, and you allow yourself to be swayed by the conduct of this world, or by the opinions of this world, you, it's just a matter of time, you begin to contradict scripture in your life. So you must make sure that everything you do, everything that you are, must be in line with this old, over 2,000 years ago inspired word of God. Let them call you a cake, but be a cake. Because you must preserve your soul. It's good to hear what I'm saying. Let them call you old-fashioned. But it's better, it's better to be old-fashioned and sane than to follow the trend and lose your soul. Praise God. So, simple admonishment for everyone in this house is that you must guard your hearts because out of your hearts will flow the issues of life. Glory to God. Um, this is not the time where God is requiring service before heart. But this is the time where he's requiring heart first before service. A lot of us think that when we come to church, church is the place where we want people to serve and we want people to work. We want people to do stuff. Be an usher, be a choir member, be uh, in the departments or whatever it is. But you see, your relationship with God is beyond that. Your relationship with God begins first from the heart. And it, 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 so it's possible for you to have proficiency in serving and your heart is not right. So the call for everyone in TSP is that we get our hearts right. Because passions can fail. Yeah? Convictions can fail. Uh, for some of us, the span of our passion varies. Some people have passions that can run for two months without encouragement. Others have passion that after one week, you need to encourage them again. Because if you don't encourage them again, you're not going to 
They think they were, you know, there's a way they describe those kind of people. They are the executors. Pastor Adil, do you remember that thing? The executors, the initiators, then the executors, the initiators, the planners, and the executors. So there are some who initiate, but will never be there to execute. There are some who execute, but don't know how to plan, don't know how to initiate. There are some who can plan, but won't be there on ground to do what you have planned. So people's passions vary. But here is one thing you must realize. Your heart is the seat where only God can feel. Your heart is the place where... Your heart is designed in a shape that contains God alone and God alone. You see, so, so if you read Ephesians uh, chapter 3, where the Bible kept talking about being rooted and grounded in love, that he now says to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, where he says that you might be filled with all the fullness of God, that space in your heart, in your life, that is filled by God and God alone. Because nothing can occupy your being in totality as, as much as God can. I don't know if what I'm saying is making sense to you. That it is only God who can occupy the totality of your being. Only God. So your heart is important for you to guard. Your heart is important for you to get right. Because if you don't get your heart right, anything you do, you will not do it with the fullness of who you are. Anything you do. So it is important that your heart is right. Um, let me show you a scripture. Second Chronicles chapter 25. There's a man called Amaziah. I'm going to show you what the condition of Amaziah's life was. And that's what I think is happening to many believers today. Um, Amaziah, Second Chronicles chapter 25, verse 1. We'll start from verse 1. Yes, it says, Amaziah was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned, how many years? 29 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was what? Jehoadan of Jerusalem. Now see verse, see verse 2. This is very interesting. And he did what was right in the sight of man. Huh? It says, and Amaziah did what was right in the sight of the Lord but not with a loyal heart. The, the King James Version, the original King James, stay back on verse 2, the original King James Version says, but not with a perfect heart. So the question you're asking yourself is, how do you do what is right, not even in the sight of man now, but in the sight of God, but still with a heart that is not perfect? So how do you merge those two things? How do you merge that conversation together and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord capital letter L-O-R-D Lord he did what was right in the sight of the Lord but his heart was not perfect so you see that it's beyond behavior it's beyond competence but it's about heart so right now I'm not even carried away by people who can do stuff I'm, I'm more concerned about people whose hearts all right. The Bible says concerning David and Saul, what was the difference between the two of them? God said about David that I have found a man who is after my own heart. That was the admonishment about that was the 
That was the remark about David. That he was a man after God's heart. And guess what? Saul actually committed more sin than David did. Sorry. David actually committed more sins. And even more, more abominations and atrocities than even Saul did. He committed murder. He stole somebody's wife. Of which you can be killed in these last days that we are. That you take somebody's wife. That's if the husband is alive to kill you. Because he killed the husband. He killed... See, David did stuff. But there was something David knew. He had trust in God. To the point that regardless of who he was... And what he did, he was nothing without God. He could always trace that God was the source of his everything. So regardless of what Saul, I mean what David did, he saw God as his source. He saw God as the reason why he had everything. That's David. There was a day a prophet came to David and said, Choose, I'm going to give you punishments to choose. Calamity will fall upon you, upon the people. He gave him another option. And then he now says that God is going to deal with you by himself. You know what David said? He says, I'd rather fall into the hands of God than for things to happen to me. Let God happen to me. Because in the judgment of God is his mercy that overwhelms his judgment. That's how David knew God. He knew God to the point that he prophesied. Because nobody knew God to that point where they would see the mercies of God overweighing his judgments. Nobody did. If you read Romans chapter 4, you will see what the Bible says that David and Abraham, they spoke of a day that will come to whom the Lord will not impute iniquities. So David knew who God was. He would always trust in God. He would always put his... Today when people are rich, when people make money... They become proud. So you now ask yourself questions. Why is this thing happening to people you thought were believers? It was the heart. The heart was not fixed before the money came. It wasn't. The heart wasn't fixed before the promotion came. The heart wasn't fixed while they were serving. Some people you truly get to know who they are when they start going through issues. That's when you know who they are. Some people you also know who they are when they are promoted. But guess what? If your heart is right, good things happen to you. You are solid in your confidence towards God. Bad things happen to you. You are standing. Haven't done all to stand. You stand there for. You know because your heart is right. That even as preachers in the face of weakness and oppositions and calamity. You still stand here and preach. Why? Because you are inexcusable. Will I explain to my generation that things were happening to me that's why I could not fulfill my call? My heart had to be right. Because you and I don't know what we'll face in the journey as, the, as, the, as we progress in the journey. But you must get your heart right that regardless of who you see on the road regardless of what you encounter on the road, your heart is fixed on this thing. In all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You must get your heart right. Because your heart is the totality of your being. 
your heart makes up everything that you are. So it's not, it's not just about coming to serve, coming to do anything. If your heart is not right, go fix your heart right. Praise God. So this, this is a time for TSP. And I've been praying about this for you. That you will get your heart right with the gospel. That the love of God will seep itself through in your hearts. That the love of God will penetrate your hearts. That if there is if there is any conviction to do otherwise, you will hold the gospel more firm than any other thing. You know, I taught you about building your life like an edifice when you get the word of God. You take that word and you begin to build it around your soul until that word becomes an edifice. And when that word becomes an edifice, it means that you have no other option apart from that word. But there are some people today who have different options because they are not grounded in the word. It's said being rooted and grounded in love. You know, these days are better. These days were more in glory than ever before. And I want you to know that. That the church is in more glory than ever before. And that's the reason why the attack over your life, over the church, is stronger in this season. And don't get it twisted. Don't look at the things that are happening. But I want you to see the glory that is ahead. Glory to God. Because the Bible says that we are fitly framed and we were put on each other as an edifice built up as a spiritual house. So the, 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 the glory of the church cannot be less today than it ever was before. Praise God. So the Bible says that Amaziah, he did everything that was perfect in the sight of God, but his, yeah, everything that was right in the sight of God, but his heart, his heart was not perfect. Praise God. Let me just list out a few things and give you a description of the heart. The heart is the seat. You can write this one down. Number one, the heart is the seat of conscience. That's where your conscience is. The heart is the seat of conscience. Acts chapter 2 verse 37. 1 John chapter 3 verse 21. Acts chapter 2 verse 37. It says, now when they, ha- when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? So when the Bible speaks about heart, it also speaks about conscience, right? So the heart is the seat of conscience. You can read First John chapter 3, verse 21 when you get home. Number two, the heart is where courage sits. The heart is also the seat of courage. Second Samuel chapter 17, verse 10. 2 Samuel chapter 17 verse 10 Joshua chapter 14 verse 8 2 Samuel chapter 17 verse 10 Joshua chapter 14 verse 8 2 Samuel 17 verse 10 it says and he also that is valiant whose heart is as the heart of a lion so when the Bible describes courage sometimes he uses the strength of one's heart and it says whose heart is as the heart of a lion shall utterly melt for all Israel knoweth that thy father is a mighty man, and they which be with him are valiant men. Let's see Joshua chapter 14 verse 8. Joshua chapter 14 verse 8. Nevertheless, my brethren, that went up with me made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So you can see here that the Bible uses heart to describe 
the strength of one's courage. Number three, the heart is also the seat of desire. 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 If you want to control conscience, if you want to control courage, if you want to control desire, know that all these things come from the heart. So the heart is the seat of desire. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So the things that you long for and the things that you like is actually where your heart is. So this heart conversation is a very key conversation about the believer's life. If you're ever, come, if you're ever going to come into the place of relevance with God, in God, you must make sure heart, you get heart right because heart controls, uh, it decides your conscience, it controls your courage, it controls your desires and number four, your emotions. Uh, the, the, the seat of emotions is the heart as well. First uh, Samuel chapter two verse one. First Samuel chapter two verse one and Isaiah chapter sixty-five verse fourteen. First Samuel chapter two verse one and Isaiah chapter sixty-five verse fourteen. When you go home, you can do all the study. And Hannah prayed and said, "My heart rejoiceth in the Lord." Somebody say, "My heart rejoices in the Lord." So I, I, I want you to know that if your heart is right and please hear this, hear this that I'm about to say your emotions can respond to sense knowledge or to revelation so you must know which part of your life or which part of you you want to respond to an emotion if you want your heart to respond to an emotion that heart has to be seated in revelation but if your heart is, if your emotions are going to be a product of your fears or your feelings um, you would have contrary emotions. So you know that you can actually control your emotions because you know your heart is right. Are we together? So he says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. Mine horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because I rejoiceth in thy salvation. And I want you to know that Hannah was a woman who was of many pain. And she prayed and asked God for a child. And, and, and God answered her prayers and eventually gave her Samuel. The heart is the seat of the inner man. It's the seat of the inner man. Number five, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Um, Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. The heart is the seat of the inner man. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. And First Peter chapter three verse four. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord what looketh on the heart. So the heart is the seat of the inner man. Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. Let's see that also. Matthew chapter 12 verse 34. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Glory to God. Out of the abundance of what? The heart, the mouth speaketh. So the heart is the seat of the inner man. 1 Peter chapter 3 verse 4. First Peter chapter 3 verse 4. 
So he says, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. I love this scripture, amen. <laughs> which is the sight of God of great price. Praise God. He says, let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. Now I want you to know that you have a heart that has been given to you in the New Testament that is not the heart you had while you were not saved. Because it says, behold, I will give to you a new heart, right? So you must understand that the heart of your spirit, which is the spirit of the believer, the heart of the believer is the one that is not corruptible, uh, of a meek and of a quiet spirit. So two things here. You can either allow... You can either allow your feelings, your circumstances to respond, which in turn will produce your emotions, or you let the inner man respond. And most likely when the inner man responds, he will respond according to the Spirit and according to the Word of God. I'll give you an example because what I'm saying sounds like grammar to you. I'll give you an example. If you're sad, for example... Your sadness is a reflection of your feelings. Your sadness is a reflection of what happened or situations or incidents or occurrences. But if you allow yourself to respond from your heart, regardless of the situation, um, you begin to find out that you can rejoice, actually, without the situation changing. Because if you let your heart respond in the in the exactness of what it is that is not corruptible, that is of a meek and of a quiet spirit, you will find out that you will respond differently. So, the heart of the believer is the seat of the inner man. Praise God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alright, the heart is also the place of faith. That's number what now? Number six, the heart is the place of faith. Romans 10 verse 10 Romans chapter 10 verse 10, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12, Mark chapter 11 verse 23, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 12, Mark chapter 11 verse 23. The heart is the place of faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 10, it says, For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is what made unto salvation. The place of faith for the believer is the heart. And that's the reason why a lot of people come and say, I believe. But if they don't believe from the heart, that belief is for a while. Are you following what I'm saying? So you, you can shout, I believe all you want. But if it's not from your heart, when something hits you, you would know that you really didn't believe. And that's why the Bible talks about we not being of them who draw back onto perdition, but of them which believe to the saving of the soul. Praise God. Because the work of the believer and the work um, by the believer is a heart work. God does it from inside out, not from outside in. So I see a lot of people who have convictions about things um, 10 years ago. And I look at them today, there is no conviction whatsoever of the same things that they once shouted and rooted for. And I ask myself, where is that passion they used to have? Life has happened to them. You know, things have happened to them. Discouragement has set in. Um, failures. Unfulfilled expectations have come. And, 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 and questions that you, you, you're not able to answer. 
are staring right, right, right at you. So, um, you stop believing. But if you believe from the heart, let me say this to you. Don't doubt in the dark what God has said to you in the light. You must believe from your heart what he has said. Regardless of it, that whatever it is you're going through, because your heart believed it, you must keep believing. Glory to God. That, that is, Paul says that I have fought the good fight of faith. What is the fight of faith? The fight of faith is not saying every weapon, every spiritual warfare in my village crumble. That's not the fight of faith. The fight of faith is not a fight for it's not a fight for um, it's not fighting the devil. That's not fight of faith. Fighting the devil is not the fight of faith. Fighting oppositions is not the fight of faith. Should I tell you what the fight of faith is? The fight of faith is to keep on believing. That's the meaning of the fight of faith. So when Paul says, I I have fought the good fight of faith, he said that things came to shake my faith, but I stopped and asked myself questions. Do I really believe what God said? And I said yes. And I kept on believing. That's the fight of faith. So the moment you stop believing, you are open to every attack of the devil. Praise God. But this faith is seated right at the very heart of the believer. How many have I given you? I've given you six. I give you two more. Um, the heart is the seat of your thoughts. The seat of your thoughts. The seat of your thoughts. Matthew chapter 9 verse 4. Mark chapter 2 verse 6. Matthew chapter 9 verse 4. Mark chapter 2 verse 6. So when you go home, do all the study that you can. Um, and Jesus knowing their thoughts... Right? Are you seeing the scripture? And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? So the Bible says that Jesus knew their thoughts and said, Why are you thinking evil in your heart? Meaning that the heart is a seat of thoughts. Praise God. Um, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Right? Mark chapter 2, verse 6. Let's see that scripture. The heart is the seat of the thoughts. Mark chapter 2 verse 6. It says, but there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. So how do you reason, not with your mind this time, but reasoning in your heart? You are reasoning with the deepest seat of who you are. Reasoning in your So when people doubt, I'm, 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 not, I'm not too worried about doubts that, that don't penetrate the heart. But I get concerned when doubts begin to penetrate the heart. Because when doubt seeps into the heart, it's difficult to move that person from that place. But if if that person is in faith, he might be shaky, but he's still in faith. Are are you getting what I'm saying? So that's, that's the reason why the Bible admonishes that you must guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it is what is flowing the issues of life. Praise God. So you, you must be careful what gets into your spirit. Because the, the gates of your life, your eye gates, your ear gates, your, your feelings, um, whatever gate it is that you, you know you have and you're more sensitive to, you must be careful that those things don't come into your heart. So when the Bible says guard your heart with all diligence, he's saying that you have to guard your heart so that now we're going to run through number one, right? You're going to guard your heart so that your conscience is right, so that your courage is intact, so that your desires are right. Are we following this? 
so that your emotions are in check, so that your inner man is strengthened all the time, and you must guard your heart so that you must also be in the place of faith and not in doubt. Because if you don't guard your heart, you will begin to talk doubt. You who once spoke faith before. Have you seen people like that? People who speak doubt today, but if you ask them the same question you're asking them today, they will preach faith to you. But when something happens to them, they, they begin to say otherwise. He said, Behold, gross darkness will cover the earth and darkness the people, but the Lord will arise over you and his glory will be seen in your life. That's your portion in the name of Jesus. Um, then lastly, number eight, the heart is the seat of the wheel. Somebody say the wheel. The heart is the seat of the wheel. Exodus chapter 35 verse 29. Exodus chapter 35 verse 29. Acts chapter 11 verse 23. So when you get home, do all the study that you can. And begin to pray and ask God to get your hearts right. Acts chapter 11 verse 23. Okay, let's start from here. Exodus. The children of Israel brought a wheeling offering unto the Lord. And every man and woman whose heart made them willingly to bring for all manner of work. Somebody say, every man and woman whose what? Whose heart made them what? Willing to bring. So, you, you can cajole people, you can force people to do something, but if their hearts are not there, they're going to do it for a while, and they will complain behind. Or they're going to do it for a while, and get tired at the end of the day. But if your heart is right, you would do it. It's better, to, it's better to do something because there is a willingness that comes from the heart. Praise God. And that's the way God wants you to be and live. That everything you do must be from your heart. Glory to God. Uh, if you play the piano, play the piano with your heart. Right? How, how, for, for example, how, let me give an example. How do I come to church and I... I, I Knowing that I'm supposed to do a particular function, playing the piano, for example, I play the piano. My heart has to be right to know that my playing the piano is to get the people in worship, to get the people in praise, to usher the people in the spirit as we lift up our voices collectively together. That happens. The move of the spirit happens. And then there is one little offense of some sort. And all of a sudden, the person begins to talk down on what he did. Or begins to demand a reward for what he did. That means that that person did not understand what it was that he was doing in the first place. Uh, I hope you understand what I'm saying. So you can apply that example uh, to, to what, what relates to you or what means much to you. A pastor has to preach from his heart. A pastor has to pastor from his heart. If you don't pastor from your heart, how do you even want to make it? How do you want to do it? <laughs> Anything you have to do, you have to do from your heart. So you must make sure that your heart is involved. If your heart is not involved, you will be like the one who is chased and the one who is pursued to do something. It will be a task to you. It will be a duty to you. Now let me balance duty and heart very correctly. Don't put duty ahead of heart. Put heart ahead of duty. And I'll tell you why. Because whatever Paul did in the scripture, he did it from his heart. 
But at the end of the day, what he did willingly became an obligation. So that's why he would say things like, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. And he would also say, necessity is laid on me. And that's why I was telling you that even regardless of my challenges, I would still come here preach. In fact, there were times where some people called me, say, pastor, pray for me. Pastor, I need this. And at that point, I was in pain. But you, you, that's not the time to show that you are in pain. That's not the time to show that you are not in the mood. There's nothing like that for us. I'm not in the mood to be a blessing. <laughs> I'm not ready. I'm not ready. The heart has to be right. There is no such conversation for us like that. I'm not in the mood. If Jesus said he was not in the mood to die for you, you won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want you to get it right because at the point he really was not in the mood. Read the scriptures. He wasn't in the mood. He said, I mean, this was someone who, who laid hands on the sick, the sick recovered. This was someone who raised the dead. Lazarus. He says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus came forth. This was somebody who saw blind people. The Bible says when he saw the woman and her dead son, that his heart was filled with compassion. And he ended the funeral service by touching and saying, then come back to life. All those women who they hired to come and cry. <laughs> no pay for them. Jesus spoiled the funeral show. And brought joy back to the woman. But when it was time for him to do the most important thing. Of which raising the dead could not do. Healing the sick could not do. Opening blind eyes could not do. Feeding 5,000 people as noble as it was. He couldn't do it. But what it was most important for Jesus to do was for him to die. That was when he said, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass over me. So he wasn't in the mood. So if you, <laughs> if you keep allowing your feelings, your circumstances, your, the things that happen to you decide your availability before God. Your state before God. Your state before the flock. Your state before people. You know we talked in this house about love for all the saints? Is there a time where you don't love all the saints? Is there a time where you, you look at the saints and you, you say not today? There's a time when you did it. But doesn't mean it's ideal. Doesn't mean it's scriptural. Why? Because if you allowed at that point your heart to respond, you pause for a minute and take a deep breath. Draw strength from your inner man and respond in love. Yeah. I'll give you many examples. Jesus was hungry. Hungry. You know, when, when a man is hungry, sometimes hunger is the reason for annoyance. An annoyance is different from the anointing. When Jesus was hungry, he sent his disciples to go buy food. When, he went to, when they went to buy food, and they came back to meet Jesus, who sent them to buy food, when they got to Jesus, he was already talking to a woman at the well. And they brought the food to Jesus and said, see the food you sent us. Now, imagine this with me. They must have traveled and traveled back with food that they sent that they were sent to bring for Jesus. After all that long journey, you now give Jesus the food. Jesus now say, my meat. 
is to do the will of the Father. <laughs> you will eat this food. You don't understand. You will eat. Say my meat. You know, Jesus was a weird guy. He was eccentric. You ask him a question, he answers you from the corner. Jesus shows the Father. Don't you know that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It was baffling. See, now hear this. This was over 2,000 years ago. Do you know what civilization is? Do you know what civilization is? Civilization. We're still gleaning from the wisdom of Jesus of which a human being was speaking 2,000 years ago. In a primitive, primitive times and primitive settings. But the disciples found Jesus where his heart was. When he encountered where his heart was, which was speaking to this woman, bringing her into eternal life, even hunger, food, could not take that place anymore. That's the way you should be. Also, today I was so sick. Ask Sai. I think it was some weeks ago. I, I was sharing with some of my friends. I was so down. My body, I was reacting to stress. I was so sick. I told myself, I'm not going to stay here. I'm not going to stay on this bed. I told Sai, I said, get me up. I came to church. I sat behind. Nobody saw me. I was almost collapsing and everything. But the moment I started hearing the word, strength came back to me. What are you going to choose in the face of your adversity? Are you going to choose where your heart is or are you going to respond to your feelings? Now, please get this right. If you need to go to the hospital, go to the hospital. <laughs> are you getting what I'm saying? Right. There's balance here. <laughs> There's balance here. If you begin to question, should I come to church? Should I not come to church? You can't stay. If, you, if your heart tells you to come, you yourself will come. Because God responds to faith. Let people do things from their hearts. Praise God. You know, if you want to give, and if you are giving from your heart, you will give. Not as someone who is forcing you to give. In this house, we don't force people to give. I think I preached on money only once or twice in four or five years TSP has ever started. Because that's not the heart of where this ministry is. You know my joy? My joy is that you grow in the gospel. That's where Pastor Phil's heart is. That's what's making me happy. What I'm looking for may not be what you're looking for. Look at your neighbors and get your hearts right. Tell the other person by yourself, get, get your hearts right. Okay? Have we read Exodus 35 verse 29? Have we read it? We have. Acts chapter 11 verse 23. Have we read it? No, we haven't read that. Acts 11 verse 23. It says, Who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. That's will. With purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. Friends, let me just wrap up by telling you that we're in the last days Perilous times have come. This, these are the days where people will spite the word of God. These are the days where people will spite and lose faith in the church. These are the days where people will spite the things of Christ and insult it. But don't be a part of those scoffers and mockers. Never be a part of it. All you can do is to pray for the body of Christ.
Because he said he will build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail. A lot of people don't go to church anymore for reasons best known to them. But you know, those things don't matter. Let your faith not shake in the things that happen to you. But I want you to stay consistent in what Christ has done. Keep looking at it. Um, the church might look defeated, but the church can never be defeated. Standard. So you must always know that you are in victory. And then I will speak particularly to this house. Please bring your heart before you bring your service. Please. Particularly to TSP, to everyone who is called to every function, bring your heart first. What did Jesus say? Uh, uh, he said to the disciples, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. You see that following is heart. Then the making is competence. So heart must always come first before competence. Follow me and I will make you. Church is not the place where we're looking for made people. And if you're not made, you can't serve. No, no, no. That's not, that's not what church is. Church is the place where we're looking for people who have heart. Who know who God is to them. And who will give their lives to God for service. He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So you come before you become. You can't become if you haven't come. So you have to come first before you become. He was going to give Peter a very great task and he said to Peter, before he said to Peter, feed my sheep, he said, do you love me? Because if I don't deal with this issue of the heart first, you can't feed my sheep. If Pastor Phil did not ask himself questions before he started ministry, I probably would close down TSP. But if my heart is right, if your heart is right, if our hearts are right, we're going to respond by revelation of what Christ has done for us. And let this be the story of your life that you responded to revelation and that's why you gave your all. Say amen, somebody. Yeah. Let, let that be your life. That, that the story of your life is that she responded to revelation of all that Christ has done for her and she said to herself, she concluded that there is nothing I will give in return that can match what he did for me. When you serve from that point of view, your service is going to come from the heart. People just need to catch revelation. They will serve with their hearts. Gift, in audacity, you guys come for rehearsals. Some, sometimes you guys re, you rehearse all nights, back to back, week after week. You pulled a great show. We had over, a, over 900 people on Friday. Almost 1,000 people actually. Over 1,000 people actually. You guys walked tirelessly and you did it from your heart. If care is not taken, if you let your human nature respond after you have delivered that great impact some of you might draw back because of fatigue and tiredness but there's an extent to which passion can go but there's another extent to which heart will take passion to and heart will lift passion to a next level because the heart is right so i came to say to every member of tsp from the pastors to everybody don't be discouraged don't be discouraged don't lose faith in him because we're not of them who draw back if you are praying keep praying 
If you're studying the Bible, keep studying the Bible. If you're loving and nobody's loving you back, keep on loving. If you're pastoring, keep on pastoring, Pastor Phil. If you are counseling, keep on counseling. If you have believed the gospel, don't draw back from the gospel. If you intercede for people and you greet them, they don't even answer you back. Keep praying for them. Whatever it is that you do, do with all your heart. For in due season, if you faint not, you will reap. And you know today, today is a very prophetic service, I came. Prophetic service. How many of you felt the release of your spirit today? You felt it. Why we pray? We pray. How many minutes did we pray for today? We prophesied. We prayed for how many? How many? Thirty-five minutes. That thirty-five minutes was not in the program. It was not the Holy Spirit took charge of today's event. And I want you to know that you are not the same person that you came here. You are a different man right now. Your spirit is alive. Your spirit is strengthened. You are strong on the inside. The giant in you is awake right now. And I came to say to someone, there is more in front of you than there is behind you. But God has ordered your step. And the sequences of your life are beginning to make sense now. You'll be able to connect the dots together. From now henceforth. Praise God. So I want you not to be discouraged, BJ. Just be encouraged. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise of the enemy. In the welfare team, you need a heart to be in that team. In the ushering team, you tell somebody, sit down here. The person will say, no. You can't be angry. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot. Greeters, where, where the greeters? You're welcome to church. The person does not even look at you. <laughs> the person doesn't even smile at you. But you can't let what, what, what that person did stop your smile for the next person. Heart, you must get your heart right. If you are evangelizing, if you are talking to someone about the gospel, keep speaking about the gospel. You pray for the sick. The sick does not get healed. Pray again. <laughs> Praise God. Get your hearts right. TSP, you hear what I'm saying to you? Get your hearts right. Get your hearts right. Get your hearts right. Because the heart controls the conscience, is the seat of your will, is the seat of your emotions, is the seat of your... You can't even love properly without a heart. You know that, right? If your heart is not there, you can't even love. How do you want to love with your head? You want to love by wisdom. If you know what Christ has done for you, you will give him everything. So fix your heart. Hold the hands of the Lord. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.